be sold out with your host, Stevie G. What's up, everyone? Anthony, the Encyclopedia. Hello, gentlemen. And me, Freddy Aloso. So we can jump right into this one, guys. WWE Money in the Bank. First thoughts, first impressions. What did you guys think of the show? I thought it was much better than some of the pay-per-views we've seen lately. I mean, I wasn't into anything, or I wasn't into everything Roman and Jinder, but a lot of it I did enjoy. Yeah, apparently the fans in Chicago agreed with you on that Roman and Jinder because they crapped all over that match. Overall, my expectations I think were so low that it actually turned out to be a pretty entertaining show overall. The only thing worse than Roman and Jinder was the enhancement match we ended up getting between Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn. Yeah, that match is bad, too. That was a horrible match. Absolutely horrible. And now I'm hearing Sami Zayn is going to be out yeah. for an extended period of time. They haven't confirmed it, but he's going for second opinions and stuff like that. So the first match we had on the card was Wyatt's 2.0, versus, or Bludgeon Brothers versus the Good Brothers. I thought the match was pretty good. I enjoyed the, the Good Brothers' work. Not too happy that they didn't give them those straps on that. But like you were saying last week, I can see it turning into possibly a longer feud and maybe giving them the belts at, you know, SummerSlam or something big, make it a larger moment than just kind of like a, th- not a throwaway pay-per-view, but like a pre-show card match. I gotta be honest, I didn't see this match, so I have no opinion. Uh, yeah, that's the only match I didn't see either. That being said, I did correctly pick At least it. one of us watched. Yeah. Well, I watched the rest of it. That was the only one I didn't see. That being said, the angle is continuing. Um, I know it's on right now. Spoiler free. We don't know what's going on yet. So if you are behind the times like we are as of this minute, the rematch between the Bludgeons and the Good Brothers are happening tonight as we speak. So who knows, Freddie and Steve, we might get our wish soon enough. And then next we had Daniel Bryan versus the now future endeavored. Well, they didn't even give her. They the, didn't give him a future endeavored. They didn't give him that future. They did not. Like I, I think Vic, Vince may be butthurt over whatever cast did. I mean, you know, it has something to do with the segment we're hearing. Like, there's all sorts of different rumors out there, but no, they did not future endeavor that man. They never gave Enzo a future endeavor as well. They just Damn, and all we have left is Carmella. Who would have thought she would have been the one to survive out of those three? When Vince split up that tag team, he really killed them. They never seemed to recover. They never seemed to get the momentum. I agree with Steve. I would have never expected that of the three, Carmella would be the one still under contract the longest. It's surprising. She's getting over. She's more entertaining than anything Big Cass has done in this singles run, and I dare say she wrestles better than Enzo, which isn't saying much. But good riddance to Big Cass. See you later. He could go to Japan and main event there. They love shit shows like that. He had no chance once he was gone, Enzo Amore. And for the people who started hating on Enzo Amore as a singles competitor, that's a bloody shame because, you know, neither one of them worked out as singles competitors. But at the end of the day, Enzo was way more entertaining than Big Cass ever was. Big Cass needed a mouthpiece, bottom line. Yeah, that never made sense to me as to why they split so early. I know Enzo was getting over, Cass was getting over with Enzo, but to split them up without a title reign, without a long push on the main roster, stupid. 
it, it didn't make any sense. They were basically a revamp of the New Age Outlaws. Maybe it was the Hardys coming back that kind of squashed that whole opportunity. That might have done that, too. I agree. I think before the Hardys came back at WrestleMania last year, I was willing to bet Enzo and Big Cass were taking the belts. Vince has got this thing, and this is going all the way back to the late 80s, early 90s. The most popular tag teams on his roster never get a title reign. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty as the Rockers never got a tag team title reign. You could pick a few times over the last 20, 30 years that the most popular tag team are not getting the belts. I know they consider the titles as a prop at times to get people over, but if you really want some legitimacy and people to believe that these belts mean something, you got to give it to the team that's most deserving, not using it as a prop. That's where I don't always agree with their thinking on things. It's true. Now, his match with Daniel Bryan. Meh. Yeah, Daniel Bryan carried that match exactly. the same way we said he was going to last week. I thought that Cass was going to get that win. We, we did. Well, in your defenses, you both picked Daniel Bryan to win. I was the only one that picked Big Cass, so. The encyclopedia with the research and the memory. It's true. We, we do have a little thing going we'll mention towards the end of the episode. So we'll bring that up a little later on. Competition, baby. Competition's a bitch. So then we all kind of mentioned the Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn match. I didn't watch it. I kind of fast-forwarded through it. I had no interest in Bobby Lashley at all as a competitor. Um, I have to admit I was pretty tired on uh, Sunday night, so I think that was one of the matches I was dozing off through the whole thing. Um, I know Bobby Lashley won, and that's about it, but again, it was one of those matches I really did not care about. I was so freaking bored and ticked off at the push Sam Zane or lack thereof, he's getting. Lashley, I put in the same category as Big Cass, another big guy that Vince is falling in love with, and the fans don't buy into this crap. He isn't giving us anything to buy into in the first place. Bobby Lashley needs to go. He should be future endeavored again. He should have never came back in the first place. There's no need for him. I would rather see Batista, the mainstream crossover there, than Bobby Lashley. Well, unfortunately, we will never see that because Batista wants creative control. If they don't do things the way he wants it, they're just not going to do it. I think the last... I heard was that Batista wanted one final run leading to one final match with Triple H. It's 13 years past that. We don't need to see that anymore. So while Batista has made some good points about storylines and where, the way they do things and how he thinks they should be done, Batista versus Triple H one last time, not on board. But I agree. Rather see him than Bobby Lashley or Big Cass. But side note, we're getting Undertaker versus Triple H again. Oh, yay. Like, we haven't seen that 80 million. I mean, how is this going to go? Is this going to be another five-minute Undertaker squash match? Just in another country in a big stadium? Vince, during that video that got released announcing the Super Showdown, I believe they're calling this one, Vince in that announcement said, and made reference to it being the end of an era. Apparently, he forgot that that was his hype job for WrestleMania 28 needs to get with the times. Now he's getting senile and can't remember what he said. We also have a little bit of breaking news as SmackDown is going on right now. Rusev just took the number one spot. Well, 
impressed. Thanks. I, I was gonna I was gonna watch it as soon as we finished recording here, guys. <laughs> well, breaking news live here first. Hashtag spoiler alert. Cover your ears. <laughs> the Sports Frenzy Podcast giving you the latest and greatest in sporting news. Live as it happens. We got Rollins and Elias. I personally love that match. Great match from bell to bell. Rollins always seems to tear the house down, or burn it down, as he says. I love his in-ring work. His night after dropping the belt to, you know, Shawn Michaels 2.0 and Big Daddy Cool. Fucking hate those guys. (laughs) (laughs) It just shows that they're going to push him to the main event spot. What I can think of by him dropping the strap. Yeah, I would have rather Elias or even Drew McIntyre on Raw would have been the ones to win it. But uh, I would like to thank Stevie G, who managed to pull himself away from the Dolph Ziggler celebration party to be with us tonight. Thank, thank you, you for St- showing up, Stevie G. Thank you, Steven. We appreciate Listen, that. when you get invited to parties of that importance, partying with Dolph Ziggler on the night he won the Intercontinental Championship, and the party goes on till. The next night, 24 hours later, like, you guys were the ones who sent the limousine service to pick me up and bring me here for this podcast. So I'm sorry that I know how to have a good time. I'm sorry I have that, like, you know, next day drunk voice. Um, but me and me and DZ, we partied last night. It was a good old time. I predict he's not going to have the belt more than two months. On to the next one. I did tell him flat out. I said, Ziggler. Elias should have won that damn belt. You don't deserve this. Elias deserves it. Because I walk with Elias. Oh, so now we know why Steven's still not celebrating. Dolph kicked him out after saying that. By the way, Freddie, did you tell him it came out of his paycheck, that limo ride? We haven't spoken about the financials yet. Limo ride? They sent a Toyota Prius. Are you kidding me? Uber, baby. It's more economic. All right. It's more economic. We have a limited budget. Yeah. But the Sports Frenzy Universe appreciates your presence tonight and pulling yourself away from the party. I just think, how much more can you make this Shawn Michaels and Big Daddy Cool? You're giving Ziggler the strap. McIntyre going to come out with gloves and shades now, stand behind him in a, you know, feel a windbreaker. I hate that angle. I'm a click guy. I hate seeing them rehash what really worked to something not so much, but that's just me. I think you've been drinking too much of that Scottish whiskey. I don't quite compare them the same way. Uh, That being said, it is an unusual grouping, so I will agree with you that. For this really to become the click in the two dudes with attitudes, that would require Drew to actually beat Brock Lesnar. We're not even going to see Drew versus Brock Lesnar any time in our lifetime. Let's just get that out of the way right there. Let's get your thoughts on the match, Encyclopedia. What did you think of this one? I thought Elias was going to win. He was my pick. I thought it was a very good match. I don't think the right man won, especially when I saw that what they did on Raw the very next night with Dolph winning. Not that I have a problem with Dolph as Intercontinental Champion. I don't. It's just that it's been done so many times. I feel like it was. It would be more beneficial to give someone else that rub. Six, uh, six times. You see, Steven's an encyclopedia, too, when it comes to Dolph. They said it last night on the wall. Maybe you should mention maybe Dolph Don't blow your cover, man. Take credit. All right, so next one we've got the women's money in the bank match. 
Stevie G, what are your thoughts on this? Ah, uh, beautiful match, beautiful victor. Um, I said last week I had a feeling it may be going to Italia, but if it was my pick, it was Alexa Bliss. I love her so much, and I'm so happy that uh, not only she, uh, you know, won the money in the bank, but we'll get into the future news later on when we uh, touch on the show. But I love you, Alexa. Kiss, kiss. Come home to daddy. Freddie, did you make sure to put a towel on his lap before he started talking? No, it, his certified G-shirt is covering it up. So That's right. I'm representing for Cass and Enzo tonight, but realistically only for Enzo because Cass is a huge waste of space. And you can't teach that. But, yeah, this match, I thought it was a good match all around. Great spots. I'm glad Natalia didn't win. Seeing Alexa Bliss take it, I didn't think they would let her cash in right away. But it makes sense. Solid match. I've got not much else to say about that one. I'll expand a little bit more when we get to the women's title match. The way the match was going, uh, it seemed like my pick I thought was going to be right with Sasha Banks. I was surprised with Alexa Bliss. Not that I have a major problem with it, but when people talk about the focus being on someone for too long, the way their storylines have gone, she's been the number one woman on both rosters for the last year and a half at least. It's working, despite the fact that she had that terrible segment with Bailey where they were trying to relive Rock Mankind, This Is Your Life. They definitely feel the bliss. And so does Stevie G. Mm-hmm. you got to excuse him, folks. He's almost done. <laughs> so now we've got Roman and Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Roman took the W. We all knew that was coming. I seriously slept through this match. <laughs> I heard his music hit, and I just dozed off, and when it hit again, I was waking up. It was crazy. They've got to do something with Roman. Yeah, turn him heel. It's the only way to go at this point. Got the John Cena treatment. He's getting booed from the minute he comes out. From the minute his music hits, he's getting booed. His matches are solid. They're good matches. They're not horrible. His in-ring work is pretty good. But you've got to do something fresh with them. Jinder Mahal, it's not fresh. Yeah, well, have him leave for six months and then see what happens. If he leaves for six months and they're not cheering him when he comes back, there's a fucking problem. You don't need to waste your time doing that. They wouldn't be cheering I mean, him when he comes back. Realistically, uh, the encyclopedia brought up before the way uh, people reacted to that match in Chicago. The way they were doing all these crazy chants. And I just want to provide um, a fun tweet I saw here earlier came from Bubba Ray Dudley that said, back in the day, if unruly smarks tried to ruin or take over the show, Devon and I would just jump the rails and beat the shit out of everybody. Problem solved. And then Lance Storm replied to that saying, funny thing is, people think you're kidding. So I like the way, you know, that was funny that Bubba Ray came to the defense there. But if you read on, Paul Heyman actually responds. And says that he has the police reports and military reports to prove it. See, like, there, awesome. There's awesome. The only thing that come out of that Roman Reigns uh, Jinder Mahal match was some great tweets from some ECW legends. Not to uh, cons- to jump on uh, Bubba Ray, because Stephen and I did have the opportunity to meet him, and he was kind of an asshole. But that being said, uh, I drank with him down at Torches in the Newburgh waterfront. He wasn't an asshole that night. Just saying. All right. So once you were old enough to drink with him and you probably picked up that tab, that's when he liked you. I did not pick up the tab. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I picked up Awesome Kong's tab and OBD that night. All right, you picked enough of the ladies. What a gentleman Stevie G is. Big butchy ladies. Oh, God. Actually, Steven, I thought you would have watched this with me. There is actually footage of Bubba at one of the ECW shows in Queens. Somebody in the second level was talking smack. Bubba got on the mic and went back at him, and the guy basically dared him to come upstairs. And Bubba went all the way up the stairs in his face and made him look like a little bitch. It's just the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. As much as I'm not a Bubba fan, because I think he is an asshole, except when he shares a beer with my brother. Thank you, Bubba, for that beer you gave Stevie G. It was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen in wrestling. Bubba, bitching out a fan. That's nice. got to check that out. Far. I also have the DVD of that mass transit incident. I believe the Dudleys were involved in that match. I know Devon was when New Jack literally kicked the shit out of some, like, kid who just jumped in and claimed to be a wrestler called MTA or something like that. They practically killed the kid because uh, literally the father's coming out there begging him to stop as, like, New Jack continues to rip him open. And I, and I have the ECW cam DVD of that. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. I will have to lend that to you. Don't watch it with the kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's bad. And what made it worse is they lied about the kid's age to get a, him a job. So there was a whole lawsuit afterwards. And this goes to show you just how popular Roman Reigns is. We're talking about his match, and yet we spent more time on Bubba Ray Dudley than we ever did on Roman Reigns. And, Stephen, I'm very sorry that you're sitting there next to Freddie because he almost got as excited as you did when you were talking about Alexa Bliss. Oh, Roman, he has some good matches. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I hope you're going to reply this, to that bullshit. This is the last episode you guys are here at the Encyclopedia on the Sports Frenzy Podcast. Wait, I'm still here, though, right? Well, obviously. <laughs> Damn it, you just got <laughs> fired. And we're not future endeavoring your ass, either. You just Damn. got right now. Damn it. So- <laughs> you just got big cast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's I- a phrase. You heard it here first. Encyclopedia got big cast. <laughs> All right, guys. Nice knowing you. I guess I'll, I'll hang up now. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the next one, Carmella. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So, she so, still has a job. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So if I'm being future Endeavor, does that mean I shouldn't attempt to get Ronda to say, hi, this is Ronda Rousey, and you're listening to the Sports Friendly Podcast when I'm in Vegas in two weeks? She ain't going to say shit. Come on now. Yeah, I know. If, but... if she does, I commend you for getting that, though. Yes. I will see what I can do. The universe will be very proud of you. And then you may get rehired. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into this one. Carmella and Oscar. Again, she still has a job. The only one. She still has a belt. Only one. And for God's sakes, James Ellsworth has a job again. (laughs) Temporary, but. Why bring him back? Why? I don't, I'm not going to lie, wonder. I freaking am sitting there like wondering who the hell was behind the Oscar mask sitting in the corner, and I completely forgot there was the possibility it would be him, and like when he took the mask off, I'm like, oh shit, but then uh, I was kind of like, wow, that kind of worked, it really did, I mean, Oscar and Ellsworth staring at each other so long was a little annoying, they could have cut that, like, cut a good minute Very out of sure. it, because they were yeah. staring at each other for a while, but. It is what it is. It served its purpose. Welcome back, Ellsworth. You're only here temporary. I mean, for the storyline, bringing Ellsworth back, it, it did make some sense. I know it had leaked out over the weekend that he w- might be there, so I wasn't surprised to see him in that role. Apparently, he turned down a pretty nice gig in China, and the promoter went apeshit when he didn't show up, I guess, at the airport for his flight or anything. So, way to go, Ellsworth, on that one. 
as crappy as Carmella's matches are, she is pretty entertaining. I gotta give my hats off to WWE, at least on this. They found a way to make Carmella look good and not hurt Asuka's character as much by the way they did it. It's very true. They didn't tear each one of them up, which in WWE's recent memory, they're really, really good at that. So, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, 13,220. No? Alright. AJ Styles came out with the victory on this one. It was a long match. It was a good match. It was a non-stop match. I mean, I think they did decent. I mean, still, after you watch them wrestle so many damn times, like, I, I'm just like, whatever, but I'm surprised that I did sit through the whole match and don't have any complaints about it. I mean, it, it was a decent match. A lot of good spots. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. While I did hope that they'd be able to have a good match, I had my suspicions of that they weren't going to be able to pull it off. They did. I did think it started off a little too slow for the first 10, 15 minutes or so, but they managed to have a pretty good last-man-standing match without all that over-the-top violence that I would have expected. Hats off to the two of them. I still don't agree with the winner. I read online that the only reason why AJ's still the champ and they didn't pull the trigger on Shinsuke was because of the announcement yesterday that AJ Styles is the cover boy for WWE 2K19. But... Let's see where this thing goes. Maybe now we'll get Shinsuke versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that's where it's looking. Kind of Brother Nero-ish with the face paint and all that stuff. So. Yes. It's a possibility. Wonderful. Great documentary, by the way. WWE 24 did on the Hardys. Just watched it a little while ago. Loved it. Didn't they also do a table for three with them? I don't watch the table for threes, i got to be honest with you, but the 20s are great. Yeah, I, I haven't watched either one of them yet. It's on my watch list, but they did a table for three with actually it was four of them. It was with Edge and Christian. So, Ronda Rousey, Woo! Nia Jax, the eventual Alexa Bliss cash-in. I thought it was a solid match. Ronda Rousey really is surprising me with how well and how much of a natural it's coming to her. Her moves are great. Well, not great, but they're serving their purpose. Nia Jax, big girl, can hold her own. Obviously, she comes from the lineage of all the Samoans, so it's in her blood. Alexa Samoans. (laughs) Alexa Bliss's cash-in I thought was extremely fitting. It was well drawn out. The storyline flowed decently for the cash-in. And seeing her cash in, I'm not mad about it. I thought the match was good as well. Ronda is definitely showing me some skills there where I was a doubter for a while, thinking that they were just going to bring her in and, as we like to say, stuff her down our throats. I know that's a common phrase in this podcast. She she did her thing the other night. She fought Nia Jax. They had a good match. You know, there's, there's a couple flops, like not like major flops, like things moves that could have looked better, but it is the way it is. Like, it was still a good match overall. And then when Alexa Bliss came in, hit her with the briefcase, threw Ronda to the outside, looked to the outside, saw that she still wasn't down, and still went back and kicked her ass some more before even starting the match. I thought that was great because that's not your typical, oh, just throw them to the outside and we're good. Like, she gave a little more, making it a little more believable to me. Then she went in, did her thing with Nia Jax, and we have a new beautiful women's champion, once again, Alexa Bliss. And I'm sure most of you saw Raw, the angle with Ronda Rousey opening the show yesterday. 
attacking Alexa Bliss, attacking Kurt Angle. Now, Ronda, you are a UFC MMA professional and soon-to-be Hall of Famer. You could have slammed the shit out of them with that briefcase a little more to make it a little more believable. I mean, yeah, especially her, the hits on Kurt Angle. I'm the like, shots on Kurt Angle were I'm like, weird. oh, he may have broken nail. But, you know, even when she threw her through Alexa through the table, when she had Alexa up, I don't know if she had her hooked right, but whatever it was, Alexa looked scared. If you looked at her face, she had that look on her face and it didn't seem like an acting face, like, oh, shit, is she about to drop she me wrong nervous, or something? Yeah. She definitely looked nervous. Now, the suspension, I'm assuming that has something to do with the Hall of Fame. I'm assuming it has something to do with training. I don't know. Maybe you guys heard and I haven't heard, but it is the way it is. At the end of the day, we all know it's going to go to Extreme Rules, Nia Jack versus Alexa. I'm sure Alexa's going to pick up that victory. And Ronda will come back three days later because WWE has stated she will not be at Extreme Rules because her suspension goes to the following Wednesday. So uh, with that said, I'm thinking we're seeing Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam, which I'm not going to lie, I am excited for. I did not want to see another match of her and Nia. Nothing against them, but... I think her and Alexa could put on a better match if they worked together prior, obviously. But it gives also Alexa Bliss a month to tease Ronda down and, you know, get Ronda kind of pissed for her character role, you know. And that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I have to admit that I was concerned about Ronda in a one-on-one environment, especially with the limited training we thought she had. One thing I felt when they signed her is when she's dedicated to something and she really wants it, She will do everything she can to be the best she is out there. She's proven that. I didn't feel it was an unbelievable match itself with Nia. She definitely went with the the smaller rustler underdog role pretty well. I didn't feel like anything she did was exaggerated or too over the top as far as the match itself. And they found a way to protect her and not have her lose face by having that cash in. And I think that's really more what it came down to was they wanted to get Ronda there for the buy rate, for those that are still stupid enough to pay $60 a month for it, try to increase the subscribers on the WWE Network. I think it worked. I totally agree with you, and I'm glad you guys brought it up. Those briefcase shots the very next night I brought were absolutely horrible. There is still a possibility that even though she's suspended and they're pushing that, that she could still interfere in that match in Extreme Rules, maybe coming out of the crowd or something. I don't think we're going to necessarily get that one-on-one match at SummerSlam that you guys suggested. I'd be happy with that. I'd be okay with it, and I think it would make logical sense. But I think we're more likely to see her somehow screw up the finish for Nia at Extreme Rules, and we might get a triple threat at SummerSlam. No, I don't want a triple threat. And for the record, where's Mickey James been? You didn't see her at all this weekend, at all in Raw yesterday. I thought she had to do some country music award stuff recently. She's having another baby. You want to be the daddy, don't you? No. Oh, Mickey, so you're so fine she don't blow your mind? She blow your mind. True. All right, and the final match on the card, the men's money in the bank. Braun Strowman coming out victorious. All of us said Braun shouldn't get the briefcase. He doesn't need it. It could hurt his character. Now he's the monster in the bank. I don't know what you guys feel about that. I don't think he should have won it. I think it should have gone to the Miz. It should have gone to someone else. He doesn't need the He didn't need it. They should have left him buried under the ladders and stuff. Like, 
even when Finn Balor walked up that entranceway to grab a ladder, which it was kind of obvious what was about to happen, and he's coming up to the top of the entranceway for a ladder, he grabs it, and when you look in the background, like, you could see Braun Strowman peek his head out of the ladders. It's like, oh, okay, it's my turn. And he, like, popped up magically and went after Finn Balor's ladder, ran through a ladder, then got in the ring, kicked the shit out of the wrestler some more, and eventually climbed up and got the briefcase. Now... Something I noticed about this money the bank with the women and the men's, when they're up there, they're not timing it right or whatever because they'll like look down and they're looking back to see where the next wrestler is as they're trying to struggle to basically bend a clip back and pop a briefcase off that there should be no struggle there. So some of those spots were annoying me a bit when I was sitting there watching it up close. Braun Strowman, nope, it should have gone to the Miz or you know even Finn Balor or someone else. It's, Braun Strowman did not need this. Thanks, Money in the Bank. Now we get to see Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman go at it again. Just maybe it'll be shorter and Braun Strowman will actually win this time. Which I'm thinking is at SummerSlam. So then when he faces Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, because we know that's probably going to happen, Braun Strowman will come in and cash in and bam, both guys are down and it's over. Thank you. Brock actually has to show up for him to cash in. At SummerSlam when he faces Roman Reigns. At some point. I bet you it's going to be in a Roman Reigns match. Which will just make SummerSlam boring i'm sick of that match you know we like we've had brock versus roman how many times now we've had braun versus Ro- brock so how many times we've had roman versus brock so many damn times like the three of them need to separate they really do put uh braun Strowman in the ma- ring with uh, james ellsworth again i'd rather see that but who's left to face brock that's a believable challenger at this point seth freaking rollins then that would be the way to go I wasn't happy that Braun was the one that won that match. I did have an idea that I think would have been better to get him over and still have him as money in the bank instead of what they're going to end up doing because it's already been announced Extreme Rules. There's going to be a multi-man match of some sort. I'm guessing it's going to be like a six-pack challenge or maybe a gauntlet match, kind of like what we saw on SmackDown tonight. And you're probably right. Roman might be the number one contender or it could be Seth. I don't think they should have done that. I would have had Braun at Extreme Rules or on Raw the night after say he heard that Brock is going to be at SummerSlam and he's officially announcing that he's going to cash in for the title shot then. Announce it ahead of time, make that your main event, and then you've made Braun look strong because he knows, he believes in himself so much that he didn't need to do a cheap win to get the title, that he was willing to prove himself by having a straight one-on-one match, kind of like what RVD did when he beat John Cena, although Edge kind of did a run-in on that one. I like your thoughts on that. Steven wasn't listening. No. Now, your thought process on that, I like it. I can see how that can make Braun still look strong. All right, so we spoke on this a little earlier in the show. The Sports Frenzy sold-out cast here were calculating and tabbing up all our pay-per-view prediction wins and we'll be having a champion for you guys we'll post it on the social media all that stuff now media give us a breakdown of where we're at just with money in the bank okay so actually we're gonna have two champions we're gonna have the pay-per-view champion and that'll be pretty much up for grabs every pay-per-view, and we will have a world champion, and that'll be overall win-loss record per year. Then we'll reset it at the beginning of the year. So our first Sports Frenzy podcast pay-per-view champion is... 
sorry guys, there is no winner because you guys finished five and five, and what probably would have put it over the edge for Stevie G is if he actually made a pick for the Roman and Jinder match last week. You never actually picked a winner, dude. You probably would have won if you did. If you had said Roman, you would be the champion right now. So the title is vacated. We have a vacant champion. Why can't there be co-champions? Like the New Day could be a three-way tag team champion. We can. Are have we a coach Freebird champion. ruling it right I, now? I think we're Freebird ruling it right now. Okay. I think it. two of us are the champion, okay. and next month we'll decide which one takes it. Okay, sounds good. And then you didn't even qualify though. What's up? I'm sorry to hear you didn't even qualify or come close to us. I did come close. You guys finished at five and five. I finished at four and six. Now was one of my picks my Alexa Bliss? Yes. I gave you credit for Alexa Bliss. You said you thought Natalia was going to win, but you were picking Alexa Bliss. You did say that. That's my girl right there. Now, what I'm going to try to do by next week is I'm going to take our win-loss records from Money in the Bank, and I'm going to go back to our WrestleMania picks, and hopefully next week we'll be in, able to announce one world champion. I hope there's not a tie after that. I do that. I hope I actually start picking winners, because I don't feel like I do that often. <laughs> we do have a universal title here in the Barricade Studios. So the winner will get to, to pose and have the title for the month. Unless you live in Jersey, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then it'll, be, it'll just be in your chair here. I'll drive the 75 miles to come get my title. There you go. All right, so that's our show for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys. Again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, what, what we I want to bring something up. Okay, we know this thing with Cass, right? Yes. How Vince McMahon brought him in just to fire him. I mean, this is just showing Cass, Cass, sorry. This is just showing Vince in old age and the stubborn son of a bitch that Vince McMahon is turning into. He fired Cass, you know, whatever. He pushes his big guys, Roman, Braun, now Bobby Lashley, whatever. They're all stupid decisions. Now, here's a little sourpuss thing that maybe you guys didn't find out, but... Ring of Honor loses Madison Square Garden date. And the reason behind this is because when Vince got wind of it, he had the WWE, you know, law people or whatever, get into contact with Madison Square Garden, go over their contracts and things like that. And Madison Square Garden pulled the plug on the Ring of Honor's first really big show in a really big arena for 2019. What makes Vince McMahon so, like, butt sore, especially when it comes to MSG? Yeah, I get it. It's the home of WWE or whatever, but you're doing house shows there now. You're not even doing live TV tapings anymore, and you can't let this league that's beneath you have an opportunity to showcase at Madison Square Garden. And there's also rumors that Lucha Libre or whatever that show is at Mysterio. AAA. What? AAA was supposed to also have a spot in MSG, which somehow that's in um, jeopardy right now as well. I'm sure this all goes back to Vince McMahon, who wants to be the only wrestling organization in Madison Square Garden, but won't even do a live TV taping there because of cost. But then you're going to prevent others from doing that? What the hell kind of shit is that, man? Vince, man the fuck up. Let our people have a, a shot. Because if you're not as high as you think you are or whatever the hell the uh, situation may be, you may think you have competition. Accept some competition and see if you actually have it or not. Because I just personally think this is unfortunate. I just happen to be reading this while, you know, we are running this podcast. Opinions, ladies. Encyclopedia, correct me if I'm wrong. In WCW's, you know, heyday, 
They never once ran that a show. That was how long ago? 15, 20 years ago, right? But, okay. But they, <laughs> it may be 15 years ago, but they're the only true competition that WWE's had in years. And they never ran a show at Madison Square Garden. Okay. ECW ran their shows at the Hammerstein. Where Ring of Honor does. And realistically, maybe Ring of Honor is able to afford it, where ECW, we know, could not afford Madison Square Garden. Yeah. But can Ring of Honor afford Madison Square Garden? They had it booked. It Why was booked and Barclays? announced. What are the Barclays? Because that's WWE territory now for live shows, SummerSlam, Raws. Because even, like, I, I read some comments on it, people were like, why is he getting so butthurt over this? Because realistically, Madison Square Garden, he's doing it for house shows. Keep the Barclays. You're doing all your live shows at the Barclays. Raw 25, which there was no reason to, but he didn't include Madison Square Garden in that at all. It was just Hammerstein Ballroom or Manhattan Center, whatever the hell it's called, and Barclays. You know, so I feel like Barclays is kind of the home ground now. Madison Square Garden is just a convenient place to throw a quick uh, holiday show or summer show. That's it. I read some. Well, first off, if Vince has got the power to do it, then he's got every right to do what he even whatever he needs to do. I heard that part the real reason with them doing house shows at MSG but not broadcast actually has part of it is money, as you said. The other theory I heard was that it has to do with Madison Square Garden requiring that they use their T V production and their T V production people to run a show there. I could see that being a possibility. It could very well be Jim Dolan, as lousy as he is and as, as an NBA owner, sorry to all you Knicks fans out there that have been wasting your time all these years, as lousy as an owner of the Knicks as he can be, he's a smart businessman. He could very well have come with a verbal agreement or some sort of agreement with Ring of Honor just to throw it in Vince's face and get him to come back. I think that it could very well have been a play by James Dolan to get the WWE to come back to MSG. I don't have a problem with it, but if it was just to keep competition out of their arena, I agree with Steven. Ring of Honor is not going to be competition to WWE unless they get a real big financial backer. The only reason why WCW even became a threat is because they had the money of Ted Turner behind them. And, Freddie, you're absolutely right. The closest WCW got to Madison Square Garden was they ran at the Paramount back in the day which I don't even remember what it's called now. I think they're on, they've had like 20 different names since then. But that theater connected to Madison Square Garden, that was the closest they got to Madison Square Garden. Now would you like to end your show? So let's close it up, guys. Rant over. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for being our audience for the WWE Sports Frenzy sold-out podcast. Follow the guys. On social media, follow the Sports Frenzy podcast page at Sports Frenzy on Instagram and Facebook. Stevie G, 1218. 1218. Juf316, since he just whooped your ass, follow him on there. Jufrod316. Jufrod316. Um, thank you guys again for listening. Comment, subscribe, and leave us some feedback. Let us know what you guys want us to talk about. Definitely. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye.